podcast where we rank every horror movie ever made. I'm Quincy, Ryan is out of town, and I'm joined by my lovely, patient wife, <laughs> my blushing bride, the, the mother of my children, oh, Emily. Hi, it's me, Emily. That was a uncomfortable introduction <laughs> for me, and I do apologize to anyone who has to hear it. So, how are you this week? Um, well, you know, when, when our listeners listen to this, we will have uh, enjoyed our Thanksgiving feasts. Yes. So, this is the season of family, which is awful. Yeah. Awful. Um, it's the season of gluttony, which is great. Um, and, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm here tonight because I wanted to give Ryan a break, but also because in relation to Thanksgiving... I am both really into gluttony right now and bringing more family into the world for us by way of my uterus. Surprise, this is the pregnancy episode. That is a hell of an introduction. That's right, we're (laughs) talking about pregnancy horror. So, Emily, (laughs) why does pregnancy and horror so often go hand in hand? Well, in my opinion, as both a pregnancy prevention specialist and a currently pregnant woman and a woman who's had a baby in the past. Um, Pregnancy is the original body horror, like everything that happens to you during pregnancy labor and right afterwards are just atrocious things that most people's bodies shouldn't go through or, and you know, most people wouldn't want to go through. So um, kind of as we're talking about these movies tonight, I'm, hoping to interdisperse a little bit of scientific fact about um, pregnancy, labor, and early childbirth. Not the boring stuff like, oh, you might poop on the table. Like, everybody knows you might poop on the table. Poop happens. It's whatever. It's not a big deal. But, you know, just just some of the things that sound like they would be made up for a horror film, but in actuality are, like, things that, that happen to pregnant women's bodies. <laughs> Yeah, so the first movie we're going to talk about is Alice Lowe's Prevenge, which is available on our uh, sponsor, Shudder. Uh, it's actually a Shudder exclusive. What up, Shudder? Thank you. Uh, so, Emily, what did you think of Prevenge? I loved this movie. Like, I know you normally ask your guests what their kind of background in horror is, and I don't know if you and Ryan have ever talked about your partner's backgrounds in horror much, but I'm not, in, I'm not a horror fan. I was raised by a huge horror fan. Um, I grew up with my dad watching every vampire movie he could get his hands on, um, that sort of thing. But I've never been a fan of being scared. I once gave a woman a concussion at a haunted house because I hit her in the face with a bat because I don't play. I don't play with being scared. So I was kind of dreading watching movies for this. But honestly, Prevenge is my kind of horror film. Like, it had a message kind of like yeah, I felt like there yeah. was a message to it. Also so, it, so is it a is it a woke horror film? Um I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it's like the social commentary of our generation or anything, but like it, it ain't felt no get to, out. Right. It, no, no, it's definitely not get out, which I have not watched yet, but from what I hear it is it is very very socially conscious. But no, it felt um I feel like we did a good job with both of the movies we picked tonight that they they really subvert what you think of when you think of pregnancy horror. Like, I feel like 
your automatic thought when you think, okay, I'm going to watch a horror movie about pregnancy is a devil baby, right? Yeah. Like, oh, the yeah. devil got me pregnant. and Well, and that's thanks to Rosemary's Baby. Which is an excellent film. And yeah. if we run out of things to talk about, I'm happy to talk about that movie. I love that movie. But, um... I that, love that you say I don't like horror movies, okay. but you have strong opinions about Saw and Rosemary's Okay, Baby. now Saw is just the same way you have strong opinions about Jinko jeans. It's a nostalgia <laughs> thing. Saw was my they're jam. Cu- they're making a comeback. Jinko jeans. Uh, oh. Actually, Saw too. Saw yes, is Saw making is a comeback, coming, as well. comeback as well. I find Jinko jeans to be the true horror of this conversation, but... Saw is a nostalgia thing for me. I feel the same way about Saw that I do about like slap bracelets and scrunchies. But, um, you know, I feel like there are certain types of horror movies that appeal to a mass. Um, and, and this is one of them. It reminded me a lot of the movie Teeth. And I don't think you guys have talked about that on here. No, but I'm Teeth be is honest, dope as fuck. I haven't listened to a whole lot of these episodes because I never know what you're talking about. But um, it reminded me of Teeth in as much as it was a revenge story and it was it felt like the killings were all kind of justified so so yeah like (laughs) it's it's a revenge flick and like usually revenge flicks are kind of grody do you think it's because alice lowe wrote and directed this that it kind of skirts away from like yucky male gaze revenge flick or I i think anytime a woman is writing a woman's story we're going to get less of that. I, and I did feel like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, hell yeah, this is like misandry. This is like the book of misandry because the first few guys that she goes after, before you know why she's enacting revenge, they're just skeezy guys. This guy making a joke about, you want to see my snake? And he's he liter- a pet dealer. He's literally a snake man. And yeah. I, is it safe to say all snake... I guess we can't say no. all snake men should be murdered, no. but... <laughs> no, listen, are, we are do you, not... We, are you we asking do not, for it if you're a snake man? <laughs> we, we do not advocate the murder of snake men, nay any men. Um, yes, all snake men. Um, we don't advocate snake man murder, okay? Like, I don't advocate murder in any way, even if your okay, baby okay, is telling okay, you to do hey, it. Hey, it's just you and me. The podcast isn't recording. That's a lie. <laughs> Murder snake man? No, I'm not going to advocate <laughs> snake on, man murder. Come on, just you and like, me, snake man. They're asking for it, right? I know people who have owned snakes, and I'm sure they're lovely people. Like, um, I don't want to be near your snake. Okay, you're going to lose. Okay, I can guarantee that at least three people of your listenership are snake men. Well, I mean, statistically, that's like saying, I don't know, like... At least two of the Duggar children are gay. Yeah, like statistically, (laughs) at least three listeners to a horror podcast own snakes. But listen, we don't want you to be murdered. We don't want you to stop listening to this podcast. We want you to go buy pens from La Pelia. We want you to go watch movies on Shudder, which is a lovely streaming service. Um, We love snake men. Dude, you... Ryan better watch out. You're really good No, but really, Shudder, though. I just watched... Um, Prevenge just like a few minutes ago while our kid was trying to, our first kid was trying to go to bed. Um, while you're gestating the second I'm gestating kid. my second kid. The first kid's trying to go to bed. I'm watching Shudder. Really quality app. No glitches. That Just telling you, Shudder's a good app. And, and this is coming from a family where we exclusively stream. We don't have a cable service. So we have seen some crappy streaming apps. And this is a really good streaming app. I would say it's totally yeah, worth Yeah, their the mobile app is superb. And um, heads up, if you have 
uh, Fire Stick like we do. There is an Amazon channel that's separate from the app. Go with the channel, not the the app for Kindle. Do, for Amazon doesn't really work very well, but the actual mobile app for your Apple and um, Android products is really good. Um, so I guess back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it felt like at the beginning she was, and before you really understood, do we give spoilers on this podcast? This is a new movie. Do you think the spoilers ruin the movie? Like, I feel like that last reveal is something that's worth a surprise. Yeah, so basically we won't go into why exactly she's enacting her prevenge here, but her pregnancy revenge, it's a nice little wombine. Um, portmanteau. Portmanteau. What I like wombining word combining wombining, but um, she, uh, you know, as she, b- before you realize exactly why she's enacting her revenge, um, it, it appears she's just killing scuzz buckets like scuzzy dudes. Snake man. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just a snake man. There's also this um, this DJ that says horrible things to her like, you know, you're no Olivia Newton John. You look more like Elton John. Like, just wearing a fucking afro wig. He threw up into that wig, dude. Like. <laughs> I have a metaphobia, which is a real nightmare for a pregnant woman. Um, it's the uh, irrational fear of vomit and vomiting, um, and it uh, 100% controls my life, like where I can eat. Um, I have asked my husband ever since we first got together not to drink alcohol because I'm so scared of puke that I can't handle either of us drinking alcohol. Um, so that, that's just a little fact about me. But this dude straight up on the way home, taking this girl home, yaks into his disco, um, stew, disco wig. stew wig. And it was realistic. And there were chunks on his mouth and he kissed her and I died inside. <laughs> but also, and no, no spoilers, whatever. I, I, I do need to also point out that guy that she killed. Did you note that he did not realize she was pregnant until he was trying to fondle her and the baby kicked him. He even says to her, you know, I'm into fat girls. I like this. I like that you're a fat girl. She is... The the lady that wrote, directed, and acted yeah, in this Alice was literally Lowe. eight months pregnant. And she's a thin woman. So she was the kind of, like, I swallowed a basketball pregnant. like. And she is the most pregnant. She's like, so pregnant. The most harrowing part of the movie is, is she going to deliver the baby on set? Right. And And... I, I don't know how she did it because I'm I'm six months pregnant as of this week, and I literally had to take two naps today just just to get through my day, and I didn't even do anything. And so. she's directing and starring. And in she this wrote movie. it. She, and wrote, she wrote, it. wrote it. And, and it's um, not a like physically undemanding role. It's not. She the all the murder scenes are pretty. She gets punched in the belly <laughs> by a lady wearing boxing gloves, which was a very funny scene. Um, yeah, whole, it's actually a funny movie. Well, and then Shudder advertised it not... I mean, it's on Shudder, so it's clearly a horror film, but Shudder advertised it as a black comedy, and I would call it that. Um, I'm not a big fan of gratuitous gore, which is another reason why I'm not a big fan of horror films. I'm not a big fan of gratuitous nudity, which is why every horror film you, Quincy, watch for this <laughs> podcast, I'm like, dear God, could there be more titties in this? Like, it's so upsetting. This had a little bit of nudity where she's laying in a bath, and you can kind of see her boobs poking out above her belly while her belly's moving and stuff. Um, and this had a lot of blood, but it wasn't, it never felt gratuitous. It never felt unnecessary. Um, and I think that was part of what made me really like it and relate, you know, relate better to it. Because I feel like when the gore gets gratuitous is when I kind of shut down and I'm like, okay. I think the goriest part is the birth. Oh, well, I can see why you wouldn't like that. <laughs> she, she gives, this isn't really a spoiler. She gives birth via C-section and they're pretty graphic and showing like them cutting the belly open and pulling like the legs out and the, 
and the baby must have been breached because that's not normally how that works. Normally the baby's head comes out first, but like you see its little arm dangling out and all the umbilical cord and everything, Um, which, you know, they they could have shown a lot more because in a real C-section, like, your guts are kind of laid out. Yeah. that was, of course, the most gratuitous part to Quincy. We will we will get into more about why I am hella amused by Quincy's ability to watch these awful movies, but his inability to watch someone get a shot or a C-section. Um, but I felt like the most disgusting part was um, there's a part where you see someone fall to their death, and I won't go into why because that's yeah. a big part of the plot. But you see their brains kind of Yeah, fart. yeah, the brain that chunks. That part was a little bit much for me. Um, but overall, you know, her washing the blood off her knife, her doing this, her, it didn't bother me. I was not grossed out by, by the gore in it. And I felt like it was all very tastefully done, yeah. um, which I think can be a problem in horror movies. Um, I feel like this movie in general is really tastefully mm-hmm. done. I, I was yeah. going to say tasty, but that's not the right word. <laughs> Jesus. Um, do you think... <laughs> It's it's no secret that the baby talks to her right. psychically that's, and tells her that she should kill people. That's in the description of the movie, that the baby psychically is telling her to kill people. Um, to me, the most um, distracting part of the entire film, and it, I could be, I'm probably wrong, but it really seemed like that baby had the exact same voice as Moaning Myrtle from the Harry Potter series. Yeah. And I was like, um... I can't get over it being like, oh, Harry, I'm stuck down here in this toilet. And it's, but she's saying murder and like reading poetry about how men deserve to die and all this stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I did deeply on it, on a pregnancy level, relate to Ruth, the main character, um, feeling like her baby was telling her what to do because, you know, I, I, I haven't murdered anyone yet. You should watch out, Quincy. But I'm just kidding. This could be implication one day. Um, (laughs) But I haven't murdered anyone in my pregnancy, but, you know, I do like to say, like, oh, the baby needs me to eat half of a chocolate cake, or the baby needs some ice cream. And, you know, but she, she takes that to a much more literal, like, oh, the baby is telling me if I don't do this, it will kill me. I need to murder. I need to murder everyone, yes, that is on this list. Um, And if I don't, the baby straight up tells her, if you don't finish this job, I will kill you. Yeah. So. So, so what is the message of the movie? Um. What, cause, cause you mentioned earlier, like, it's got a good, like, message to it. It's got kind of this good thing to say. At first I thought it was girl power. Because it's like, it's a girl baby and she's like, oh, all men are pigs. And she's saying that in her little squeaky moaning Myrtle voice and whatever. Um, by the end of the movie, I thought it was maybe a little bit more of commentary on, like, antepartum or prepartum psychosis. Yeah, and, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, a little bit of a commentary on, um, grief and, and, though she does say at one point, I'm not grieving, I'm gestating rage, which I thought was a great line. I'm gestating yeah. rage. I'm going to use that one the way point. that she low-key stabs the shit out of people in this movie, like, several it times, it's a very, like, casual... It's almost, like, to comic effect that she yeah. murders people. Because she's just talking to them, and oh, blah, 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 and oh, this is a really interesting little snake you're showing me, Snake Man, or oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to touch me in this way, and just... just slit some guild you know just a lot she's a big fan of throat slitting yeah I, I think like of the six or seven people she kills like five of them maybe maybe four or five of them are throat slits so that's that's her signature move so 
And it's one of those movies where we don't get to see her getting justice. So we it's left real open ended as to whether or not she's like still she gets doing her it. revenge Does or not. She, is she still doing it? Is she, you know, locked up and you know, so it's it's a it's a good movie. It leaves a lot to think about. So where do we want to put this on our list? See, this is the part I was dreading because I haven't watched any of the movies on the list. So so is Prevenge better than all of the Halloween episodes of Roseanne? Probably so. I hate to say it because you know the holiday episodes of Roseanne are my jam. But I would say as far as like the the fact that I I will probably still be thinking about this movie in a couple of days. That tells me something about, you know, the quality of the film and the messages. So I would say, yeah, probably better than... Okay, so right above Roseanne is Pet Cemetery, another movie about a killer child. Technically, the child isn't killing. The mom is. The child's just directing her, too. <laughs> um, God, it's been a long time since I've watched Pet Cemetery. Pet cemetery has got Judd Crandall. I don't know what that means. The, but... <laughs> the, the, has anyone buried oh someone in the Pet yeah, Cemetery? That's guy not my that favorite all the visual gag. Um... I feel like Pet Cemetery is one of those classics that if I were to create a rank and vile list without actually having watched anything, it would be really close to the top. So I don't feel like Prevenge is necessarily better than Pet Cemetery because that's a classic. This could go on to be a classic, but it's so new. I don't feel like it's held up. Like Pet Cemetery holds up. I could watch it yeah. multiple times. Yeah, and this, I think I could watch this movie Oh, yeah, I, I, have, I definitely want to show it to people. I want to share it with people. Yeah. I, I feel like because of that, it should go right under Pet Cemetery and above Mulholland Drive just for, like, watchability and rewatchability. And it's a good, tight 90 minutes. And I gotta say, I'm sorry, a short, tight, well-constructed movie is better than a two-hour movie. That sounds okay. Listen, I really, previous to this exact moment in time, thought Mulholland Drive was a romantic comedy. So we're good. I did not know that was a horror film. So before this podcast existed, I did have a, uh, and before I realized it was mansplaining, I did have a Tumblr account where I would record your uh, hot takes on the last 20 minutes of whatever movie I was watching when you walked into the room. Yeah, you, you guys have to know about me. Um, I have pretty severe ADHD, um, and I, I struggle to watch movies all the way through. So I would just walk in. My favorite memory, I think the one that started your Tumblr blog, was I walked in during Kill Bill Volume 2. Yes! And I'm like, aww. The family's back together. Like, I thought that... Because they're all watching... Um, I thought that the gray-headed man that poked people in the heart was the um, was the daddy. And I was like, oh, they're all back together. And I mean, he movies. is the oh, dad. he's the dad? I didn't yeah. see. I didn't know that. But, so I, I'm like, oh my god, like, this is this, like, redemption movie. Like, yeah, she had to go through some shit to, like, be with her child and her baby daddy. and But now she is. And then she pokes him in the heart. And I was so mad. And Quincy's like, oh, but he did all this stuff to her. And I'm like, okay, but that's not how movies are supposed to end. It was supposed to end with, like, snow falling and then putting ornaments on their first Christmas tree since she got back to them. I'm just saying, in my world, everything is romantic comedies. So, speaking of romantic comedies, let's talk about anti-birth. Well, first, I just want to lay some facts on you. Because I feel like that was the whole point of me being on this show. Um, 
So again, I don't want to talk about just like the normal stuff that everybody already knows about. And this is stuff that if you've been pregnant before, if your partner's been pregnant, you're probably going to be like, oh, like everybody knows that. But um, some things I didn't know even in my first pregnancy that I've maybe kind of learned more recently. Um, things that just feel like they shouldn't be real. They should be in a horror film. Um, did you know, Quincy, that in utero, and I think we've talked about this before, um, in about the second trimester, babies start peeing. So they pee into the amniotic fluid, and then they drink it, and then they pee it back out. Um, something like 70% of amniotic fluid is made up of sterile urine. So, so just I feel drinking like, and peeing and drinking and peeing. So, like, sterile urine is so oxymoronic to me. Like, how is it sterile? Because it hasn't been exposed to anything. It's in this perfect little bubble. It hasn't been exposed to anything. This utopian sack. That's a way to put it. Um, but not only do they drink their pee, I can't remember when babies start growing lanugo, but... Um, Sometime during pregnancy, probably about where I'm at right now, babies start growing lanugo, which is this fur covering. They basically are like little wolf babies. Um, they have fur all over their body, a really soft, downy fur. And some babies, if they're born a little early, will still have their fur. Like, they'll have patches on their shoulders. And I think Judah had a little bit of it. Our, our son had a little bit of it, like, behind his ears and on his shoulder blades and stuff because he was a few weeks early. But babies that come on time and don't have any of this fur it has fallen off of their body and guess where it goes they eat it they eat the fur which i'm sorry if that doesn't sound like the plot to a horror film like i don't want to be a wolf man anymore i'm just gonna eat all my fur off <laughs> it's just nightmarish so they eat the hair off and then that hair makes up their first poop and that first poop is horrifying quincy remembers the first poop that our son had for four plus years ago I don't remember because I was drugged out of my mind. It's but. that motherfucker that comes out of the the tree from <laughs> Fern Gully. The pollution guy, that's what that poop looks like. And it's like tar-like. Like you yeah, wipe and wipe yeah. and wipe. It's like a whole pack of wipes and you can't get it off. It's just like blacker than um, night. Yeah. It's vile. Pretty rough. Um, also, when you're pregnant, your body, to make up for like the fact that you're growing another human life... Your body has 50% more blood in it, which is already kind of metal, but this blood, this extra blood in your body leads to all these other sorts of things happening. Like, for example, um, like 70% of women who are pregnant have bleeding gums. You just brush your teeth and you just start to bleed from your teeth um, because there's so much blood flow and um, a whole lot of women, myself included this pregnancy, have um, really bad nosebleeds. Quincy has gotten to experience this did, I don't remember this happening with our first child. Um, I might have had a nosebleed or two, but, you know, the majority of my pregnancy with my first child was in the summer, and the majority of this one's going to be in the winter because I'm due in March. But Quincy has gotten to experience a couple of my just righteous spraying out of my nose like CGI in a horror film. Nosebleeds. Like the girl from uh, The Rules of Attraction in the bathtub. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, like he, one time he was over like playing D and D or watching a movie or something with our friend Kyle. And I called him and was like, I need you to come home. Like our son is already in bed. He can't 
come help me because also he's four and I hate to be like, listen, mommy's bleeding to death. I need help. But he was asleep in bed. So I'm like, Quincy, I need you to come home. Quincy finds me. This was like four weeks ago. Quincy finds me pale as a sheet, blood sprayed all the way down my face, down my chin and neck, probably about to my belly button, all over my chest. Um, and he's like, he handled it. Dude, Quincy's a champ. Like, he can handle all this kind of stuff. He walks and he just starts cleaning me up casually. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm dying. Pretty sure this is it for me. Um, but we eventually got it to stop. And through the power of a very heavy-duty humidifier and a lot of Vaseline in my schnoz, um, we've gotten my nosebleeds under control. But they, it was kind of touch and go there for a couple weeks. Remember, I would have two or three of them a day. It was uh, harrowing. It was, and so much blood. So speaking of harrowing and so much blood. Yeah, I guess it is uh, time. I've been trying to avoid it, but I guess. Do you want to talk about anti-birth? We don't have no, to talk can't. about it. No, we can't. If I sit through that movie, I'll be darned if we're not going to talk about it. Because that movie was something. It was something. I. So, so do you want to give a plot synopsis? Is it. There is no plot synopsis because the plot is so convoluted. Um, so it's made by the guy who directed a bunch of animal collected music videos, and I think he's done so much. That's like legitimately his only other claim to fame is he's he's a movie music video director. This is the only yeah. movie IMDb has him listed for. Period. So like, do you think he's missed out because he doesn't normally work with narrative structure? And music videos don't always narrate they're just usually random images especially if, when it comes to animal collective because yeah. they're just random sounds um and i'm sure they would i'm sorry if you're listening animal collective i love your music um i just have trouble following the plot of it um i don't know man i don't want to make excuses for this dude like this movie so, is it a good movie I'm hard-pressed to say either way. Would I ever watch it again? No. Would I make someone else watch it and then pop in in the last 10 minutes to see that radical last 10 minutes? Yeah, yes. so the last 10 minutes of this movie is fucking great, but it is hell to get to the last 10 minutes. Okay, so we were watching it. It's, what, an hour and 45-minute movie? This is one of those... So every once in a while, I watch a movie for this podcast, and I verbalize... I hate this. Yeah, and Quincy said I don't want to me, watch this movie. We sit down to watch it. I'm stoked to watch it, okay? Because it's got Natasha Lyonne in it. It's got Chloe Sevigny in it. Those girls are my jam. I love almost everything they've ever done. Um, the first, like, five minutes in the movie, I'm getting a real party monster vibe, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so I was into it. I was down with this movie. But Quincy told me before we started, hey, listen, if we're going to do this movie on the podcast, we have to watch it no matter how much it sucks. So, about 30 minutes into it, 40 minutes into it, I'm like, man, this movie is awful. This movie is horrible. It makes no sense. It is weird for the sake of weird, which is my least favorite thing. That is my least favorite quality of a movie, period, is it's weird for the sake of weird. And what was it, about 50, 45, 50 minutes into it? Something clicks. Well, no. 45 or 50 minutes into it, because I made you take note of it. I said, I'm getting on my phone and I'm Wikipediaing what happens in this movie. I need to know the plot. And I am notorious for ruining things for myself in that way. Like, 
we were sitting down with our friends Ian and Caitlin and watching Battlestar Galactica from start to finish one time, and I looked up all the Cylons like two seasons before the end because I just because didn't want to wait. Because you can have joy in your life. Well, yeah, something like that. It's it's my clinical depression, but also I just really wanted to know. But in this movie, it was I have to know what's coming next because number one, I feel like I got tricked by this. I thought it was going to be a devil baby movie. I mean, anti-birth sounds like anti-Christ devil right. movie. I thought it was going to be a devil baby movie. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to avoid spoilers in this one. Um, y'all can just deal with it because it's a horrible and I lived through it and now I get to talk I think about it's it. unspoilable. No, that last 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, but I thought it was going to be a devil baby movie. Not a devil movie. It was not a devil movie. In no way, shape, or form was it a devil movie. It's actually kind of science fiction-y. It's super science fiction-y. But also, it is classified, and I did not find this out until 45 minutes into the movie when I looked it up. It is classified as body horror, which is by far my least favorite type of film. So, like, so can you name the body horror movies you've seen? I would call some of Goodnight Mommy body horror. Some of the things that they did. Well, yeah, I think that's more close to torture. Well, but yeah, okay, like, then I, maybe maybe I don't exactly understand so what body story horror. Is. Eyes oh, is body story horror. eyes. Why did I watch that movie? That movie. Some of the images from that movie still haunt me. Her eating yogurt with her fingers and, like, retching in the sink. Yeah, that was horrifying. I hate movies where people puke. Also, a super convincing puking scene in this one. Yeah, to the it, point it that really skeeved me out. Quincy, who's not even an emetophobic, who doesn't have an irrational fear of vomiting, was like, oh, oh, no, this is disgusting. There were several times, and I think that's part of what made my skin crawl during this movie. There were several times I looked over at Quincy, and he was so, like, green or pale, watching it that I was like, are you going to be sick? Because I can't. I cannot watch this movie with you if it's going to make you hurl. Um, there are some really gross things. And I would tell Quincy, like, hey, this isn't real. It's okay. Boils. Like, boil, and, well, like that, she cuts a boil and, like, a Stretch Armstrong goo comes out of it. I covered my face for that part because I had read about it on Wikipedia and I didn't want to see it. But she pulls her skin off. She pulls her teeth out. Um, for no goddamn reason. <laughs> Well, you know. Why is she why is she out here pulling teeth out when it's a of the pregnancy? The thing that baby. got her pregnant made her made nah, her skin right. fall in her teeth. That's off. that's making excuses. That's bad uh, well, filmmaking. Well, it was it was unnecessarily gory. It was unnecessarily convoluted. But I'm reading through it, okay, and I get on Rotten Tomatoes, and I find Rotten Tomatoes to be a fairly decent indicator of a good versus a bad movie even if i just don't enjoy a movie you know i can usually figure that rotten tomatoes so i start reading through the reviews it's got like 70 percent on rotten tomatoes it's not a great reviews but it's positive and i start reading the critical reviews of it not like folks just watching from home but the critical reviews of it and people are giving it positive reviews and I didn't understand. So I'm deep diving. I'm trying to watch it with one eye and, you know, deep dive into these reviews. I read a review in the New York Times that actually made me laugh really hard. It was basically like, someday I'm going to be at a party and I'm going to meet someone who watched Anti-Birth and we're going to go off in our own corner like a comrade from war and we're going to talk about the trauma we've been through. And that's true. I feel traumatized, not because of the birth horror, just because it was... Yeah, the birth horror is minor in comparison. Honestly, the birth horror was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but the consensus was, and what helped me get through the remaining part of the movie, the consensus was if you can make it to the last 10 minutes, 
the last 10 minutes are incredible. And the last 10 minutes were incredible. Yeah, I changed my tune. I was like, I don't hate this movie. I don't like it. I'm, I never want to watch it again. I do not hate it. I would watch the last 10 minutes I'd again. watch the last 10 minutes again. Yeah, and, and it's not I never want to watch it again because it's deeply upsetting. Like, Requiem for a Dream, one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't ever want to watch it because it makes me feel horrible inside. That was not this. This was... Not well made. It felt like... It was incoherent. It felt like not someone on an acid trip wrote it, but someone who had never had an acid trip, but wanted to pretend he had. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that's... That's kind of what it felt like. Like, he wanted to be... What are some weird, like, Kubrick... Like, I don't know. What are weird directors? I don't know anything about directing. It sounds like it's supposed to be, like, a Cronenberg... David Lynch kind of there you thing. Go. Yeah. But I, who's the, who even is a Kubrick? I don't know. I'm saying words I don't know, guys. But like it's basically uh diet the diet Pepsi Cuso. I don't know what a Cuso is, but I this guy wants to be weird and he tries so hard to be weird. He's Quincy in high school. He is Quincy wearing a kilt in high school because he thinks it's so quirky. I'm sorry. I just totally busted you out. On your own podcast. It's my birthday. Oh, crap. It is his birthday as we're recording this. Wow. I'm a horrible wife. Um, It's my birthday. But it's well. Listen. It's seven days after his birthday when you're listening to this. Don't feel bad for him. I made him tacos and... And you bought me a a Frankensteiner shirt. I did. And I got him a Porg, even though we don't even know if the Porgs are Nazis yet in the film. Okay. That has no context. Oh, sorry. explain that. Sorry, like, I didn't understand why everybody was, like, pissing their pants to get hold of Porgs when they first came out for the new Star Wars The Last Jedi movie. And I said, why is everybody buying this new toy from Star Wars when we have no idea what kind of character is? These could be, like, the worst character. They could be the Nazis of the Star Wars realm. I mean, Stormtroopers are Well, yeah, but they could be, like, worse than Stormtroopers. (laughs) They could be worse, and we don't know that. But I found one, and it was soft and delicious, so I bought him a stuffed pork that he it now refers to as... the softest boy. He now refers to as my son. So, how... That was a weird digression I do apologize for. So, I... My problem with this movie is that it's trying to be everything at once, and he totally loses the plot... Because I feel, okay, like, there's a military component. There's an alien component. There's a meth bug drug dealer component. There's a prostitution component. There's a there's Russian mail-order bride without lips component. That never got explained. I, I'm assuming she was another, like, experiment in a new drug they could sell. Oh, my God. this I have so many. I have more questions than I have answers. There's the weird... Chuck E. Cheese that used to be a strip club and now it's... Full of furries. Fur- it's full of furries. Fur of fullies. Fu- okay. Sorry my husband had a stroke. Right here on this podcast. Um, <laughs> we haven't met our deductible yet. This is going to be awkward. But, um, yeah, I, I there was so much about it that was so bizarre. And the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, God, how does he do this every week? How does he watch these horrible movies? But normally... You know, Quincy and Ryan really enjoy watching these horrible movies because they're redeeming in their horribleness. They're, like, charming in how bad they are. I didn't feel like this was charming. There wasn't anything redeeming until that last ten minutes. And that last five to ten minutes of that movie is so good. 
I don't, it no longer made me regret the hour and a half I spent on the movie because if I had, if I had walked in, if you were watching that movie by yourself and I walked in the last 10 minutes and watched it, I would have been like, shit, this is like the best movie. This is a great movie. And I would have said, I want to go back and watch the whole thing. And I would have been so sad by how bad the first hour and a half of that movie is. By the way, Anti Birth is on Netflix. So if you want to go watch that, uh, good luck. I wouldn't recommend it. I it's like walking through fire that first hour and a half, and then you get to that last 10 minutes, and it's a really good... Maybe just read the plot and then watch the last 10 minutes, because visually... Listen, I'm just going to spoil it for you. Can I spoil it? Is it okay? I, if I, let's let's man, just leave it. He won't let me spoil anything. Okay, so what's a better use of our listeners' time? If they get on Netflix, should they watch Curious George, A Halloween Boo Fest, or <laughs> Anti-Birth? If they've never watched either. I'm going to want to watch Curious Georgia Halloween Boofest all day, every day, and I've seen it 3,000 times. And you times. have watched it I all day, have. every day. It is day. my son's favorite movie of all time. Um, but, you know, I, I am hard-pressed to recommend that to anyone who isn't a diehard Curious George fan like we are in this household. Um, but, yeah, I would say as far as quality and plot and um, continuity, Curious George is a better film. I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to be honest. Um, I don't think the last 10 minutes make it, I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it. What I would recommend is that you guys go read the plot synopsis, what there is of it on Wikipedia, and then watch the last 10 minutes just for the visual aspect of it. Yeah, it's nuts. So would you rather watch Undertaker wrestle or this movie again? I sure do hate wrestling. That's a tough question. Does it sweeten the pot that the DVD that we have on the list is... Undertaker uh, putting people in casket matches where the winner has to, part of you watching that. to bury someone in a casket. He buries them sure. alive, Emily. Yeah, I sure do hate wrestling. Sure do hate it. Do you love, hate it more than love, anti-birth? Love my husband. Hate the wrestling. Um, mm, mm, that's a tough one, bro. How much of this podcast is just going to be you, like the rest of you just... Thinking about that question, falling into a long See, but here, silence. Here's my problem, okay? Here, that last ten minutes, man. Like, here's my problem, okay? I told Quincy, this is another thing that can happen to you during birth that no one ta- or during pregnancy that no one talks about. And and I'm getting real personal here with my own mental health issues. But during my last pregnancy, I had um, antenatal or pre prepartum um, pre birth depression. Everybody talks about postpartum depression. Nobody talks about antepartum, the depression that you get while you're pregnant. Um, and it really, I, I was on medication all through my pregnancy with my first one. I, and I'm on it now. Um, but I saw a special psychiatrist for pregnant ladies. And here's why I'm getting, here's why I'm telling you this with my last pregnancy, when I hit the third trimester, when you hit the third trimester, your metabolism shifts, it goes into high hyper gear, and your medicines don't work correctly anymore. So basically the day I hit the third trimester with my son, um, I went a little bit nutso. And I started feeling like every time he moved, it was snakes in my belly and he needed to get out of me and I hated it and I didn't want to be pregnant anymore. And maybe it wasn't a baby, maybe it was snakes. Okay, so we got all this straightened out very easily by upping my dose of medication. The reason why I bring this up is I have a very real fear <laughs> that here in the next four weeks, when I hit my third trimester, that what I'm going to be occupied with is the last five minutes of this movie. <laughs> and I said to 
Quincy, what are you going to do if I shut down during labor and start talking about this movie and saying, I can't, I can't push this baby out because blank is going to happen. That happened in the last... It's going to be a monster. It's going to be a monster, but a monster you can't even believe. Like... Unfathomable. Oh my God. It's unfathomable. Um, Even the description, Emily was like... She read me word for word to Wikipedia and I was like, I don't know what the hell that would look like. I know, and then we saw it. And it, and it was, was like, that was not what I thought it would look like. It was so intense, but like... It, not... it, it skirts around that monster problem of... It's like that episode of Doug where oh, Doug yeah, sees yeah, a scary yeah, movie yeah. and it's like... Once he finally watches it and notices that the monster's got the zipper, it's not scary anymore. Dude, it's kind of like skirts around that because there's no time to see the zipper because you see that monster so little. Right. And also, I do want to quickly comment. I know I'm jumping back and forth a lot. That's the ADHD and the fact that I'm not medicated because I'm pregnant. But um, I that's something I feel like Prevenge and Rosemary's Baby, if we do get around to talking about that one, they both do very well. They don't focus. They don't make the baby... Even if the baby is demonic, like in Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't see, see the it. baby. And in then Rosemary's in, in Prevenge, it is the cutest freaking newborn that they got to play oh, this baby. Oh, so sweet. So cute. And no evil about it. And that makes it so much scarier. And this, this monster, though, and it's not even that it was a scary monster, it's just the whole ridiculous concept of her giving birth to this. All I. I'm trying not to spoil it. The main thing I need you to know is that what she gives birth to is the size of an adult human. And that, to me, is the true horror. Because what if, Quincy, what if when I go to give birth to our daughter, she's adult human size? <laughs> I'm so scared. Like She's a Benjamin Button baby. She's a Benjamin Button and she's going to reverse back into a baby. Like, when I gave birth to our son, his head was very large. A lot of bad things happened. But what if our daughter is adult human size what if she comes out wearing a backpack i don't know man i i am worried that my therapist will be hearing a lot about this movie i'm real worried and that and that is why it is not as bad as i thought it was that first hour and a half because i feel like to me the mark of a good movie horror or not is something that sticks with you so the fact that you would talk this through therapy have you talked about wrestling in with your therapist oh. before surprisingly a lot <laughs> i'm like what do it's i do? tearing this family apart what do i do if i love my husband but i hate wrestling which is his second favorite thing in the world um yeah um I, I, I can specifically say I have never spent any time talking about The Undertaker. He buries them alive with my therapist. Shout out to Janet. Thank you for so, all you do. So <laughs> does that mean that this movie is better than The Undertaker because yeah, it's know, so disturbing? Just because because it's disturbing and honestly because I love Natasha Leone and I don't want to shit on her already very difficult life. It has to be better than Undertaker, and I, I I hope nobody is using the rank and vile list as okay. At the end of the day, if I was making recommendations for what to watch, and the only two movies left on the entire planet were Anti Birth or Undertaker, He Buries Them Alive, I would rather watch Anti Birth. Okay, that's, so that's pretty. <laughs> well, listen, it is definitely better than She Kills. Now, the other wrestling we have is the. 
uh, Halloween match where they eat candy and mm-hmm. hit each other yep. with kendo sticks. I saw about three and a half seconds of that, and I was so angry, I nearly punched a hole in the wall. So, were you that enraged by anti-birth? No. So it's better? It's better than, than that, okay, for okay. sure. So, so... The most comparable thing is actually pretty close under Curious George. Um, the romantic short, He Took His Skin Off For Me, which is about a guy who... sure do hate the name of that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about a guy that takes his skin off for his girlfriend. That's a very descriptive title. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's on the tin. It's hey, pretty, pretty hey, clear. Hey, he... Uh... You know, I just, I just, he took his skin off for me. That's all I can say about it. There's really nothing more to the story because what he did was he took his skin off for me. Okay, so <laughs> would you rather watch Batman fight the Predator or watch Anti Birth again? These questions. Because that's a movie you, on our list. How do you boys do this every week? <laughs> Why do we do this every... You do this. Wow. Um, I don't know. I don't ever want to watch Batman fight the Predator. I'll tell you that. Well, you are woefully mistaken. Okay. So, so I feel like right above the wrestling and right below Batman would be a good place for this. If you say so. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why the hell Batman's on this list. Well, but... it's Batman fighting a predator. Mm-hmm. Like, and not a to catch a predator, like... No, no, I understand what the predator is. You know, he's got the, the, the laser and the mask, and he mm-hmm. fights aliens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... This podcast is something. So, so... <laughs> That would put this at number... Is that a cartoon or a live action film? It's live action. That is the dumbest freaking thing I've ever heard in my life, guys. <laughs> What's happening here? So you that... could be watching really quality films, but you're not. We're watching anti-birth. <laughs> oh, man. So, so would you argue that Batman is not as good as... No, as... I'm not going to argue it because I haven't seen it, but just the concept is deeply upsetting to me in the in the dumbness of it. More upsetting than a human-sized baby coming out of no, a that woman. is upsetting in the fact that in three months I will be possibly pushing a human-sized baby out of... I mean, yeah, she's going to be human-sized, but an adult human-sized so, baby. So what earns more? Like, the possibility of... So, like, you're never going to run into Batman or the Predator. I mean, you don't know my dreams, but yeah... But you would run into a baby. So what's what's scarier? I didn't find this movie scary at all. I found it yeah. disgusting and disturbing. It's gross as shit. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. You got to make that call because I haven't seen the Batman movie. Which Batman is it? It's just is it a... George Clooney Batman. No, there's no nipples. Oh man. I had to say because Batman Dead End didn't want me to vomit, and right under Batman Dead End is the nail hell death match where they try to murder a man with uh, nail boards and chainsaws in okay. real life. I'm just gonna let you. You watched a like a snuff film? Well, no, it's wrestling. Oh, but God, it's all wrestling. Why don't you need to make the decision before I break the microphone? Okay, so 104 <laughs> is anti-birth. Okay. So, now we have just enough time to talk about Rosemary's Baby, which has been a long time coming. This is a listener request from um, 
several people that I've forgotten because I don't have that spreadsheet pull up. So, hey, we did it, y'all. What do you think of Rosemary's Baby, Emily? I think it's a really good movie. Like, it's one of those movies where I have to be okay with the fact that Roman Polanski's a garbage pile. Yeah, he's and a I don't know, I'm sure you guys have talked about on here before separating, or I don't know if you have, but, you know, the, the thought of separating the, um, the artist from their art... Um, I would never pay to watch Rosemary's Baby because I don't ever want another penny to go into Roman Polanski's pockets. Um, though he has plenty of them, I'm sure. Um, but as far as quality of films go, it is a incredible film. Yeah. And it's my, again, my kind of horror movie. There was no gore, but it was just... I, I, I didn't I didn't have nightmares after I watched it. I wasn't scared to go to the bathroom after I watched it. But it still leaves you very unsettled. Yeah, it's so good. It's a movie that I would recommend to almost anyone. Like, yeah, if you've never seen Rosemary's Baby, you need to see this movie. So what would you recommend more, Shaun of the Dead or oh, Rosemary's Baby? See, this is where I don't understand how you guys do your job. Not in a, damn, these are goofy movies way, but in a... How do you compare apples to oranges? Like, yeah, they're both horror films, but Shaun of the Dead is this classic comedy horror film and this is a classic thriller like psychological mess with you horror film well so it's really hard to compare those two it's definitely better than the roseanne episode where they parody rosemary's baby right? yes so that was that was a really good episode. <laughs> yeah it's really good so that's <laughs> yes, number 19 that. so what's 18 18 is Mulholland Drive, 17 is Prevenge. Is. Okay, okay. Well, it's better I, than Prevenge. i think it's probably better than Prevenge, based solely off of the classicness of it yeah um, what's above Prevenge? Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. See, that's hard. It's so hard because... So what's scarier, the devil or a child molester that lives in dreams and murders well, teenagers? I mean, child molesters are, are real. I'm not saying the devil's not real. Please don't come get me, devil. But, um... <laughs> yeah, we don't mess with that in I don't. House. I don't F with the devil. Um, but, um... It's hard, man. It's hard because they're both classics. They're, yeah. I, I admittedly have never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, and I never will because I don't play with that um, either. I don't like that. That That's the kind of movie where I would not be able to shower by myself, like without you standing in there holding a knife to protect me. Um, so, so number 14 is Scream. Didn't you watch Scream with us and have like a panic attack? I don't think I've ever seen Scream. Yeah, where Drew Barrymore has that like is on the phone and yeah. she gets disemboweled in the front yard. Yeah, that's that I mean, I'm sure I've seen parts of it, but I've never watched it all the way through. Um that doesn't I it, I I know it's a classic as well. Um but the difference is those are classic slasher films. This is a classic psychological thriller and to me, a psychological thriller is always going to trump just yeah. to me, it's always going to trump anything else because things that can torture you in your mind without ever showing you a drop of blood yeah. are far, far scarier than disemboweling Drew Barrymore in the front yard. Right. And, um, and I think you're right. That's why I'm looking at Poltergeist, Eraserhead, Bride of Frankenstein. I don't know about Eraserhead. I would compare it more to Poltergeist because... Well, Poltergeist, I have seen that one. It's been many, many years. But while Poltergeist does have some gore in it, it's another one that in my little, like, 14-year-old brain when I first watched it, the thought was, holy shit, holy shit, this could really happen. This could really happen. Poltergeist <laughs> has real-ass skeletons in it. Right. I, just my brain My brain was thinking, oh my no, god. No, no, like, gonna... actual, the well, skeletons use are real skeletons. That's upsetting and shouldn't be legal. But, um, 
Yeah, I I would probably put it alongside Poltergeist. So we're so, probably getting so the right So would you put area. it... I think it either goes right above or right below. Um, probably right above. Um, so right above... Just because it's less cheesy yeah. because Poltergeist does kind of give up the zipper. <laughs> you know, yeah, when, yeah. if we're... If we're going to talk about Doug. So, so right above Poltergeist is Eraserhead and Bride of Frankenstein. I've never seen Eraserhead. I, Bride of Frankenstein, like the black and white movie? Yeah. I've never seen Eraserhead. Um, is it about a man with an eraser for a head? Because that is hilarious. No. He's oh. just got big poofy hair. It's oh, another, stupid. like, parent anxiety <laughs> movie. Oh. Um, I, I like Eraserhead better. Okay. Um, I mean, it's your podcast, bro. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna just go ahead and say it's it's between Eraserhead and Poltergeist as our new number nine. Sweet, it's I broke Rosemary's the top ten on my first episode, baby. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Quincy. Hey, Emily. Did you know that one out of two thousand babies are born with teeth? That is <laughs> unacceptable. And sometimes the teeth get to stay in, but sometimes the doctors have to pull them out because they don't have any roots. They're just kind of floating there, and there's a risk the baby will swallow the tooth. Get out of town, that's gross. Yeah. Okay, so we have time for <laughs> one more listener request. It is from Tim Pasco, and he wants what us... Tim? Yeah, what up, Tim? <laughs> he wants us to review Saul. Oh my god, Tim. You my did, dude, Tim. Did Saw's you see Saul? Did I see Saw? I see Saw a lot. I have watched Saw's one through maybe unacceptable. What? Past three is okay, one well, through number one th- unacceptable. Okay, I was gonna say I think I watched one through four. I haven't seen like the fifth, sixth, and seventh installments, and I'm, but um, I adore these movies. They're so good. They're so good, guys. So would you put Saw above? at number one? Yes, sir, I would. I would put Saw no, at number one. No, I don't even no. know what number one is, but now it's Saw. It's not better than Rosemary's Baby. Okay. There's no that's fucking pro- way. Listen, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Saw in the past 30 years since it came out, or whenever it came out, the ending of Saw, when the dead body stands up and is Saw, or Jigsaw, or whoever, Yeah. so good. Okay, but yes, you're right, it's probably not as good as Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, when I saw Saw, we snuck into the theater... Uh, and we only saw it the last 10 minutes. Oh, snap. I don't remember the first... And I just remember, like, staring at my sneakers, trying not to ruin that movie, and just still seeing, like, this man get beat to death with a toilet lid, and then See, the man sitting in the See, quality entertainment. And this is coming from someone who just told you how much I hate gore. Yeah. For some reason, I'm really into the Saw movies. I don't so, know why. So, is Saw better than Shaun of the Dead? Because those came out at, like, Man. the same comparable period of time. Like, the same couple of years. I don't know what you guys, like, what your justification for putting something above something else. If I was having a party. Yeah. Friday I Night rev- I would rather put Shaun of the Dead on because it's a better... I like I like funny over yeah. over over gory. Tombstone pizza and a two liter uh, cranberry Dew. sprite Cran- because it is cranberry the holiday sprite season. Zero jingle bells, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I would probably pick Shaun of the Dead, even though Saw to me is a is a stone cold classic. Yeah. So right under Shaun of the Dead is Predator. Is it better than Predator? We've talked I've, a lot about. Predator I've never tonight. seen Predator. <laughs> And I never will. Don't so, try to so trick me. Let me convince you with this line. Um, okay. 
Jesse Ventura, the governor. Yeah, yes, I know um, that man. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, also a governor. That's true. There's a, this is this a very movie. political movie. Yeah. Very political. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Ventura calls himself a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Hmm. So I'm upset. How do you feel about that? I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> um, but what, okay, what what about your Friday night test? If you're sitting down with with a Tombstone pizza and a Sprite cranberry, would you rather show your friends? Predator or Saw, assuming they've seen both. Predator. That's uh, a more fun watch. Okay. Saw is like, it's torture porn. It's love, let's be gross. I love torture porn. I know you do. Why do I love it? I feel like it's a psychological problem. Let's talk about this no, on we don't, air. We don't have time because I still have some facts I want to give you, but I guess because I've never seen Predator. What's right below Predator? American Psycho. It's better than American is Psycho. It? Yeah. See, I've never yeah. seen American Psycho, but I felt like that one was like a classic too. It's week. really well made. Well, I have a feeling because Saw is one of those movies that people love, like me, because you know they were born when they were born during the right time, and Saw was just kind of their coming of age horror film. But it's also a movie people hate, and I feel like this is going to be really, really. Like polarizing, and people like are people have like, turned it off because we're be talking like, about the top. It should be down next to M Night Shyamalan's The Village, starring Cherry Jones, who's from my hometown. Hey, Paris, Tennessee. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm gonna let you handle this because I don't want to get fussed at. I don't have a Twitter, so you can't at me. I'm actually looking really low on the list, like around audition. And I feel like it's most comparable to that Japanese torture movie. So, so what's more gnarly, the reverse bear trap or needles right below your eyeballs? I'm pretty sure Saw's done that too. Remember that time that heroin addict had to reach into this was not Saw one had to reach into like a fishbowl full of heroin needles. Yeah. Sorry, just wanted to tell you about that. Um, I mean, it's all gnarly. I don't feel like we can out gnarly. You gotta choose, man. I can't do this. This is too much stress for your pregnant wife. Would you rather watch it than Rocky Horror Picture Show? <sighs> That's not even. Rocky Horror Picture Show is in horror. Come at me. Okay. It's got cannibalism. <laughs> oh, that's. Fair. They create a Frankenstein. Okay, but it's mostly. Just, They're aliens it's mostly and just sexy space I, vampires. If, 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 with this being a horror podcast, I would yes rank it above Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think it can go only right above Rocky Horror okay. because I would say it should go below. Okay. So our new number thirty-eight is Saw. In my heart, Saw, you will always be number one. Hey, those of you that have never had a baby before, you know how babies have a soft spot so they can squish their way right out of the vagina without, like, their heads exploding? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The soft spot pulsates with a heartbeat. Okay? Mm -hmm, Our mm -hmm. son's soft spot did not close up till he was over a year old. You can put your hand on their soft spot and feel their brain moving under your hand. If that's not horror, I don't know what is. But even more horrifying is sometimes when you're in labor... And they can't get a good read on the baby to tell how it's doing. They're like, hey, we need to do a little internal fetal monitoring. You know what that is? That's when they run a tiny wire into your baby's soft spot while it's still inside of you. How does that make you feel, Quincy? Just let me drill this wire into your kid's brain while it's still inside of you. That's some real ghoul saw shit right there. That is. It's pretty sawish. It's pretty sawish. Let's play a game. Would you rather <laughs> have a little piece of wire drilled into your soft spot? 
Or stick your hand into some heroin needles. So, Emily, if our listeners want to be like Tim and Sarah and anyone else who's ever finally gotten a show uh, ranked on, a movie ranked on this list, uh, how did they do that? You guys need to email rankinvilecast at gmail.com. And they keep a nice little list of all the user submission or the listener submissions. And um, hopefully, if you can ever get these boys to uh, focus enough to get through the movies they've watched that week, <laughs> they will do some more listener requests for you. So they're always looking for new and fresh movies to find out about. Yeah. Um, Emily, where can our listeners find you online? Um, the main place that I would say people can find me, and it's not super active right now, is um, I do art. Um, I have an art Instagram, Stay Sane, like the opposite of insane. Stay Sane underscore do art is my Instagram handle. Um, hoping to start an Etsy soon. I'm a hand letterer. I do custom work, um, nursery art, things like that, affirmation cards. So. Will you hand letter cusses? Oh, I will hand letter cusses. I have a foul mouth. I have tried to restrain it a bit because I'm also a professional with a job outside but of this. But you're also a womb for the, uh, a vessel for this pure uh, being of yes. baby life. I must say that our baby girl daughter has never asked me to kill anyone. That's so good. That's great. To hear. I'm really into that. But she did kick during anti-birth. Oh my God, yes. During the most intense scene of anti-birth when I was actually feeling a little uncomfortable, she kicked me square in the guts. And um, speaking of, can I give one last horrifying fact? Have you ever heard of a pregnancy condition called lightning crotch? What? (laughs) That's the name of my new speed metal band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am on one of these pregnancy forums, right? And I'm like, hey, guys, I keep getting these twinges in my bladder. um, And I think it's the baby kicking, but I'm not sure. Maybe I have a UTI. And somebody said, maybe it's lightning crotch. And I'm like, you made that up. And then I Googled it. It's not made up. It is a condition that happens in the third trimester, which I'm not in yet, so fortunately that's not what I have, where the baby kicks a certain nerve and it sends a lightning-like shock into the vulva and anus. Yeah. And it feels like you are being electrocuted in your vulva and anus. And that, my friends, is the beauty of the creation of life. And if you are not writing a speed metal tune in your head right now. Lightning crotch, lightning crotch. <laughs> I don't know uh, <laughs> what you're doing. So we can be found on Twitter at Rankin Vilecast. Uh, hit us up on the tweets. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Rankin Vile. Uh, we are sponsored this week by lapelyeah.com, uh, pro wrestling pins. Uh, Emily, what's your favorite lapel yeah pin? Oh, man. You put me on the spot. I think probably the nasty pin they sent us. It's like glittery, and I think it looks like the letters are dripping a little bit, maybe. Um, And I'm not sure if it's a reference to Nasty Woman, but if it is, I'm really into it. I I just think it's a super cute, like, femme take on, you know, it's cutesy while also having an edge to it. So that's why I really like that one. And also, it's not wrestling related. (laughs) I think I told you guys that I'm not... Not the number one wrestling fan. So, uh, Lapelia has a Black Friday deal going all the way till November 28th. 40. Lapelia is giving 40% off their entire order until November 28th with the promo code HOLIDAY. That's 40% off with the promo code HOLIDAY at lapelia.com. Uh, Emily, you got one more pregnancy fact to give us? Um, 
I mean, it's there. There, there are several I didn't get around to, but um, there's also a little uh, a little condition that I think you might remember, Quincy. With our first birth, we took Bradley classes, which is a childbirth class. Our teacher actually talked about having this. Um, it's called diastasis recti. It's when your basically your two abdominal muscles separate during pregnancy and your uterus bulges out of them like a hernia except after you have the baby it doesn't go away so most of these people when they are doing sit-ups their organs will bulge out of their stomach or they can lay down and you can stick your hand between their abdominal muscles into their and like get in between their muscles and feel their organs and stuff and that's all just because of the lovely stretching that happens when you are carrying life that's going to do it for us. Thank yeah. you for being on the show, my lovely wife, Emily. No, no problem, my hairy husband, Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye.